Red State DVD and Blu-ray pre-orders are available now at coopersdell.com. Get exclusive bundle packages featuring posters, soundtracks, t-shirts, signed scripts, wardrobe used in the film, and a chance to be a guest on air with Kevin Smith via Skype. Pre-order Red State DVD and Blu-ray exclusive bundles now at coopersdell.com. Smirch alert, smirch alert, motherfucker, smirch alert. Go to smodcast.com slash smerchandise to get your official Jay and Silent Bob iPhone 4 cases from Casemate. Choose from three different snoogerific designs. We got soft ones and hard ones. Hey, I'm talking about the cases, bitch. All emblazoned with your favorite Smodco icons, Jay and Silent Bob. Snag your iPhone 4 case for $39.99 and protect the precious smodcast.com slash smerchandise yo Canada Jay and Silent Bob are gonna be royally mounting you December 7th in Vancouver December 8th Edmonton December 9th Calgary December 10th Saskatoon and December 11th Winnipeg their comedic maple syrup's gonna be gushing all over your timbits. How's that for a visual, eh? Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live in the Great White North. Linky links to tickets at smodcast.com slash get old in Canada. Hey, Eldborg, Iceland. On November 11th, Kevin Smith will be inside you. Kev is bringing his famous Q&A to Eldborg Main Hall, talking movies, comics, sex, taking a shit, whatever you want to ask about. Hilarity will ensue. Kevin Smith, live at the Eldborg Main Hall in Eldborg, Iceland, on November 11th. Links to tickets for this and all Smodco shows at csmod.com. Yo, Philly, guess who's coming to the city of brotherly love? Hollywood motherfucking Babylon, bitch. Come get your celebrity news, rumors, and Liam Neeson's cock jokes at the World Cafe Live with Kevin and Ralph on Monday, October 17th. Top that steak sandwich with cheese whiz, showbiz, and comedy jizz. Mmm, tasty. Catch Hollywood Babylon at the World Cafe Live in Philadelphia on October 17th. Tickets for this and all Smodco shows at csmod.com. Kevin Smith is bringing his big bucket of win Q&A show deep in the heart of Texas. September 27th at the Paramount Theater in Austin. Even better, they're going to be filming all you motherfuckers for a special presentation on Epics. Whether you want to know about Clerks, Red State, Hit Somebody, or Eating His Wife's Ass, don't miss Kevin Smith at the Paramount Theater in Austin on September 27th. Tickets on sale now at austintheater.org. Hey, Baston. Jay and Silent Bob are coming to raid your fridge, smoke your weed, and make you laugh hysterically while they do it. How do you like them apples? Friday, October 7th at the Wilbur Theater. Catch Jay and Silent Bob get old. Grab your tickets now by clicking on the link at csmod.com. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck.
Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. Catch live video clips of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and Hollywood Babylon on the Kevin Smith blog for the Huffington Post. Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. That's Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. Yo, Red Bank, New Jersey. Jay and Silent Bob are gonna snooch to your motherfucking nooch. I don't even know what that means. Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live at the Count Basie Theater on October 8th. Special guest, tell them Steve Day. Get your tickets at CountBasieTheater.org. Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live at the Count Basie Theater, October 8th in Red Bank. Word. Want early access to tickets for Smodcast Internet Radio's metric fuckton of live shows? Join Smodcast. For just $4.99 a month, you'll get CD-quality audio of every podcast you hear on Sir ad-free. It's like watching porn without having to fast-forward through that goddamn plot. You'll also get bonus video content and other badass exclusives. Smodcast. Where Smodcast goes save for pay. All the deets at Smodcast.com. Going to New York Comic Con in October? Well, Jay and Silent Bob are giving you one more reason to fangasm. Uh, you might want to clean that up. Friday, October 14th at the IGN Theater. Catch a live performance of the popular podcast, Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. Dust off that Batman costume that's three sizes too small. Or, fuck it, don't wear a costume. Just wear some type of clothing, because, you know, you don't want to get arrested. And get ready to enjoy a thick layer of gooey comedy jizz with Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes. Jay and Silent Bob Get Old, live in New York. October 14th at the IGN Theater. Tickets on sale now. For more info, go to csmod.com. When it's time for lunch, you can pick up a spoon or grab your fork body and dig into a Nuna. It's Nuna with Dan and Marty. If you never had a Nuna, well, there's no sugar way. Just bend over at the middle in the middle of the day. It's a Nuna. It's a Nuna with Marty and Dan. Ow. Ow. <laughs> I pinched... <laughs> I, I was trying today to not welcome to Nooner. I was trying today to not. Be, what is wrong with? Well, you? I know. Just at the last second, I remembered that I spent the entire last show because my microphone was weird, hunched over like a hunchback, and it, and it really hurt me. <coughs> and so I decided to adjust everything frantically at the last second, and I pinched my fingers in the in the nook of the chair. Um, hello, Dan. Hello, That's, welcome. That to is Nooner. our host, Dan Etheridge. Uh, yes, and this host is our, uh, of Nooner. <laughs> our co-host, Marty Yu. Yes, uh, we uh, do a comedy podcast every Friday from 12 to 2. Sometimes it's comedic. Um, oftentimes it's not. Oh, well, not for lack of trying. Um, yes, welcome to Nooner. Fridays, 12 p.m. Pacific yes. on uh, Smodcast.com, the internet radio empire that our pal, Kevin Smith, is forging like a madman. Yes. Taking over the airwaves. Um, we're delighted to be here with you every Friday. Uh, and today we have a, a 
we always have – you know, Marty, I was thinking about this old like, special guest. I Here's the thing is most of our guests to be – well, everybody's gleaned this has been – I've been fortunate. You've been fortunate. Just we've been around so long that we have you know some good friends along the way. And we've asked them to come in and, and, and they've, they've been, been more people. than happy. Yeah, great. Yeah. So when I – but I feel like every time I sound like – you know, this is dating ourselves, but that old, that old uh, uh, movie, All That Jazz, like with Ben Vereen, and I, I want to bring in a great humanitarian. Like every special guest I say is an awesome person and fantastic and there's – We'll know, have like, an asshole in some days. Someday we will have an asshole. And, but it just the fact is is they are special guests and they are really nice people because I've been asking friends, frankly. So today's – Special guest who is a really nice guy. We are on the S's, by the way. What's that? In, oh, in I your thought, in your directory. Oh, I thought okay. Yes, in your I, Rolodex. You know was? The reason I thought weird is because I noticed just I was hitting my S's hard. I was going and 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 I don't normally do that. So I thought you were you were hitting me for that, Marty. Thanks for taking it easy on me. I'm still tender. So yes, today is Sean Smith. He I have known Sean since I think like the day he stepped off the bus from Texas. And now he has a bigger career than I do. That happens a lot in Hollywood. Um, he created the uh, show Greek, which had a very successful run on ABC Family and kind of, I think, kind of gave that network that shot in the arm to it take really it to the next level. It really set the, um, the tenor for the subsequent shows. Yeah, yeah. And it also, I mean, I think, well, you know what? We're talking about all the stuff we could talk with him. But all right. the, one we'll, thing we'll I get... am interested in talking about when we get there is it, it, I thought, I think they were saddled with the name ABC Family and that show al- allowed them to somehow, even with family in the title, get branded as some, you know, more, not just soft G-rated family shows. So, but let's actually talk about that material when the guy is here. Himself. Right. So, um, so, Sean Smith. Our Gene, hold tight. We'll have them on and you can ask that question about the fourth season but when you um d- yeah but when you do tweet them to at nooner dan marty yeah yeah or you can well you can email us we do have an email address <laughs> it, so far i think the reason marty just beside is i don't think anybody's availed themselves of the no, email because actually, twitter is oh, we are going to get into our segment do you want to do it now do, oh, the right the bit from last week but you're not going to trick me again you're not going to say oh we got a bit and then it's not a bit because there's no bit to do there's no email We'll see when we do the bit. Okay, uh, sure, let's do the bit. No bit, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, the Ask Dan segment <laughs> of the show. Everyone's been waiting for so people much. People ask, oops, questions. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Marty? Give me a sec, I gotta, I gotta pull up the... Uh, uh, wait, are you saying that nobody wrote in again? No, 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 no. Like, we got, a, we got a, a very good email. Okay, every um, email. What? Yeah. Singular. So well, no, we got a, a good one. We also got some spam saying that our Twitter account has been suspended, even though we don't really have one. So um, <laughs> th- that happened. Great. Perfect. Um, our entire show is in arrears. Yeah, no, we got a, a uh, an email from Barcelona. Oh, great. Bring yeah. it on. Um, it, and, and I'm assuming for that's the entire city reaching out to say yes. about what they think of the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Are you prepared now? I know you're, I know you're vamping desperately to well, get to the email, but you're not really you... helping me vamp. Um, okay, go vamp. I'm getting okay, what I'm going to talk No, 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 no we, we're, we're good. Okay, we got, go. It was actually, um, it was from Arjean, I believe. Um, so she says, uh, let's see. Hola. Hope my mail is read amongst the 300 million ones you will receive for you, sure. You are so right. We plucked yours yes. from the pile like a needle, a gem in the haystack. Yes. It, it, sh- it stood out like a shining gem. Plucked. Um, First, my condolences on your loss. Ah, thank you. Um, and, um, 
she likes the podcast. So here are the questions. <laughs> okay, let's get to yeah, the yeah. meat. Yeah, I don't Marty. we don't need get to get to the meat. Okay. The Ask Dan bit is a dismal failure so far. What? No, no. This is this is going to work. No, I said this is going to turn it around. Okay. Now. Okay. Um, about the business, I've yeah. only uh, been interested in knowing the differences between all the producer titles, exec, associate, and how residuals work. It's a tough dry topic, but um, yeah, you, so you, okay. you handle the producer when I'll handle the residual. Yeah, okay. I'll do both. Um, okay. So here's the thing. It, th- sorry, Marty. That's the way it goes. <laughs> Sometimes I call it an audible like that. You know what? I'm going to let you do residuals. Okay. I'm going to do the titles. I, yeah, because I just could go on and on about residuals. We really no, no, no. You, you no this is going to be exciting. A little title lesson for people out there. Uh, and, but, and we're going to just, I'm going to take like two or three minutes on this. So for those of you who know all about titles, don't, don't tune out. But here we go. All right. In TV, it's different than features where in features, you know, basically the, the director rules the roost. The producer is the top credit. And then there's no, you know, there's a producer skill that's trying to codify credits, but the of producer. Which you are a member? Yes. A fine member. Um, and a loyal member. And, uh, producer technically should be, the, is the person who's really like steering the producerial ship of the movie and actually does the producing. That's the way it's supposed to be. Um, but because the guild is still working on trying to protect the credits and codify them, that sometimes gets watered down. But then the other credits, exec producer, co, I mean, a co-producer, associate producer are given out oftentimes willy nilly. Sometimes, you know, younger companies will just give out those credits like water because they're trying to get access to material or access to actors. So they don't care. There's no harm, no foul. Give them the credits. To, you know, more often than not, an exec producer will be the head of the financing company, one of the main financiers, perhaps a, a, a person instrumentally involved in getting the movie made, but then actually involved in making the movie. And then, you know, co-producer will be, you know, that kind guy's of girlfriend. Down the that guy's girlfriend or someone, or that someone girl's pitching in. woman's boyfriend. I started out, you know, on my first movie as co-producer because I, I was the director's producer, but I hadn't yet had a producer credit. So I slotted in there and then went from there. Which one was um, that? Biodome. Um, so even though I did a, I did a lot of the work, not all the work. Wait, weren't we co-producers on Low Life? Wasn't that before? Oh, that? yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. I try to forget about. Yes. Hicken. All right. Um, so anyway, okay, but that, to get to your question. So in TV, different beast because writer producers rule the roost. And in TV, the titles actually are codified, not, I mean, a little bit by union, but really by, by longstanding industry tradition. They are actually rungs in the ladder that writer, this is for the most part, that writer producers climb. The writers start, I won't get this exactly right, but like as staff writers or story editors, and then they, they work their way up, you know, co-producer, producer, sometimes there's a, a, a supervising producer, co-exec producer, and exec producer. Exec producer is the top title on a show, and it is given to those people who are actually atop the producer triangle running the show. They, are the showrunner will always be, most always be an executive producer. It may be one person who's exec producer, creator, showrunner. And all what's the showrunner? The person who actually runs the show day to day is the creative and just the everything. But there's also the producing. Uh, a, a, I'll get a, to that. Okay. No need to interrupt. Totally know where I'm going. I work in TV. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're Merps. <laughs> Minor internet radio no, personalities. Anyway, so just about done with this uh, boring lesson, but there it goes. And so anyway, it so there are actually rungs up the ladders for writers because writers are also producers and the and the and the main. Now there are exceptions to the rule. There are non-writing because TV is so complicated and filmic these days. There are non-writing producers uh, who who help the showrunner or producers do it. So I I am a non-writing executive producer on my shows. Now, on some shows I have written, like Party Down, and that was a different beast. I was co-creator and, and wrote on that. But like on Little and Common, I'm just an, I'm an executive producer, but I'm non-writing. My port, 
the portfolio of those producers can be various things. I as, handle creative oversight of the set. Um, that's a broad way of phrasing it. Uh, my colleague, Daniel Stackdyke, um, she handles a lot of things. She handles, she's all over, you know, does everything. Her main portfolios also include studio and network liaison, post-production, uh, and, and, and only because I'm absolutely terrible at it, not because she's a woman, hair, makeup, and wardrobe. Um, so anyway, um, and then there's one minor exception, and then we'll move on. There's the produced by title. That's very specific in TV, unlike in, in, in movies. Produced by is, is typically the line producer sort of producer on the TV show, and it's a very specific credit. Uh, uh, given to that, to that person who runs the, is, you know, the operations manager of the show, um, but in, in a, in a grander sense. Well, the so other, I hope that answered your question and didn't bore you. There's another producer also, is the, the director producer, like, uh, Tommy oh, yeah. Shlami. Yeah, on, you're right. On, you're right. Uh, there's Western. the producing director. Um, some shows will have them. Um, on, you know, here's, it, it, what's funny is on, I probably got my start in TV, I mean, because Rob, fought his ass off for me to be on Veronica Mars, but also by by me being a co because I started out on that as a co-producer and I moved up the ranks. Um, but uh, even though I was sort of doing bigger duties than that, but because I hadn't done TV, I had to start there. Um, but the I think the pitch at the time was we don't have the money for a producer director. Dan can do that job. That's what he does on the movies. So we get a producer director for co-producer money, and we have tended to. Now, that's the way we've done it on, on all the other shows. I, I serve as the de facto producer director. I don't have that title in, because I have not proven myself as a director. And, you know, that, that's not my main thing. I have directed an episode, but I am not a, I'm not a director. So that I'm not, you know, don't deserve or need that title, but I do all the duties of that title. Um, you know, on Cupid, because we'd never worked at ABC before, they didn't, they didn't, they wanted a director producer on there who was actually a director. And so we, we had a guy, Michael Fields, a great guy who, who did that for us. So, you know, a little in common, I don't, we're not going to have a producer director. I'll be the non-writing executive producer whose portfolio includes the duties of a de facto producer. What's director. the hand signal I'm supposed to give you when you're, when I'm supposed to wrap it up? Yeah. Uh, that one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the middle finger. <laughs> oh, okay, really. So spinning. I'm sorry. Is it like I'm? Oh yeah, the tweets are coming in. Uh, you're boring us to tears. Uh, yes. Okay. So anyway, you know what? I I appreciate that question because that's what I do. I enjoy no, talking about and, it, and, and I'm a producer, and and that and that's a good question. And about it is like when you about. see like 17 producers on a movie, for instance, like you wonder like, did all those people just like you know roll up their sleeves and get in there and most of the time not but on on, yeah. a, on a tv show you really have to earn those credits yeah that's exactly right there there's there's rarely if ever an undeserved producer credit on a tv show once in a blue moon there'll be a and it's this isn't even undeserved like say someone finds a piece of material and sets it up somewhere but then other people run with it they might get a they might get a co-executive producer credit um for having done that, it's not undeserved, but it's very rare in TV. Whereas movies, g- good lord, those credits uh, proliferate. Right. So anyway, there you go. Uh, th- hey, so that was asked Dan. Uh, no, no, no. We still got, we still got more. There's more. Oh, the residuals. Yeah. No, you know no, what I'd say? Like, oh. Do it real quick. Well, the, I really took up all, all right. the. I took. By the way, the bit's called Ask Dan, and I, I will say this: I took all the the oxygen out of the room with that long-winded answer. So you I, did. I'll give you that. We, we need that fan on high. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, right on. So. Basically, the three unions uh, for writers, directors, and uh, actors basically get residuals for the work that they produce. So, um, no, and that's great. Producers do not. Yeah, <laughs> that, but producers get a big. I was no, kidding. No, don't was say producers. Um, <laughs> producers, producers do not. This is right. a source of much aggravation. Like I do as much work in TV 
on episodes as any of the other people. The directors, me, 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 no, no, serious. Like no, it, it all is. the like, it's 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 shocking to me. I do. When I am on set from from rap until what? From yeah, at rap I come to set, and uh, and I get no residuals. But the difference is uh, the. For instance, actors get paid less up front, and then they get they make up more in the back end. Yeah, well, not relative get. to me. Well, yeah, okay. Anyway, all right, residuals. Keep yeah, going, no, and uh, let's get and through. Basically, this. every time it airs, or they sell it to a new territory, um, they producers are obliged to pay these unions a certain amount of money, and then that gets distributed to us. And I got a thirty-six cent check residual check for a movie i was cut out of so i, I got an 18 cent check for jane selling bob straight back just the other day hey let's, let's go crazy uh, let's talk um, okay but so, they do add up though yeah they do add up okay um so great thanks um thanks for the question from Barcelona. we yeah. certainly appreciate it oh she does want to know why my tweets are so aggressive well it's because marty has a hormonal imbalance mm-hmm. yep pretty drastic one actually yes. but then yeah don't don't most asians marty you tell me I don't know. I All wouldn't right. know. Not my people. Um, okay, so let's talk coffee. I had a revelation this morning. Okay, let's talk. It's not like let's talk turkey. That's it's not a, coffee that's talk with let's, Dan, our new segment. <laughs> new, new bit today, coffee talk. I realize that I have become that which I loathe. And but I, I think that <laughs> Wait, there's historic. You've been self-loathing for a long, <laughs> no, long, I've become, long I've become time. Hitler. <laughs> um, no, the uh, no, because there, in, in in a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, it, I think it was 1991 or something. There was a movie called L.A. Story, a Steve Martin movie, modestly successful, but had some fun. And it just took all the it took all these shots at L.A. Yeah, all deserved. some slap sticky, but yeah. uh, others genius, and, right? All know. deserved. And one of the trailer lines and one of the big laugh lines because back then you could order coffee either you know coffee black or you know one lump or two. That was pretty much it, except the the Northwest because Starbucks hadn't spread down here. One of the hugest laugh lines was this. Totally over the top, you know, pretentious asshole woman in LA ordering a coffee and, and ordering like a half cap, double decaf, what I don't even remember what the phrase. And it got howls of laughter in the trailer and in the, in the movie because like it was just outrageous that she was so ornate with her coffee order. And of course that is extremely passe now as we've gonna. Right. Cause everybody has their order. Just right. And, 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 and it's so we get it, it. But in, that was a different time and that line was a huge laugh line. And as today, I have honed my perfect drink. I have my perfect drink now. I just finished it yesterday. In per- and today was the first day where I walked into the coffee place and just kind of set it as a string. Yeah. And as I said it, I realized I've, I've become that person. I mean, we all have in our own ways, but it is it, first you have to go to the coffee bean because they use vanilla powder instead of syrup. We got, yeah, we, we, I know we tread on this. Week, yeah, yeah. But I want to make sure everybody understands okay. that coffee right. bean. Mm-hmm. Please send me gift certificates. Coffee bean. Um, so medium, we start out with the cafe vanilla, which is everybody New knows. Brought is, to you by Starbucks. <laughs> Star- no, rude. Um, is, uh, uh, you, you gotta have the, uh, coffee with, the, the, the cafe vanilla is coffee instead of espresso, right? So cafe vanilla, medium cafe vanilla with soy, just cause, no sugar added vanilla, and a dash of pumpkin. So, oh, wait, so can, can give it to me, like, as you said it. Okay, I'm gonna try and remember it now. I know I just remember it perfect, but I had it, it came up as a perfect chain. Um, okay, I'd like a medium soy cafe vanilla with no sugar added vanilla and a little bit of pumpkin, please. <laughs> I, I wanted to say something really derogatory, but. I but mean, instead I, you hold your tongue. Anyway, yes. I highly recommend that drink because no. it is a fall favorite. Wait, why soy though? Seriously. You- um, you know what? I don't think I have dairy issues, but why chance it? <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's just that's just an insurance policy. Uh, that's that's soy smart. is nothing more you know, than insurance. We all in the room all thank you for that. 
Well, yeah. I mean, literally, I don't think there would be any problem. There'd be no noticeable difference at this moment. Um, but I just, you know, why not bank it? I just get a bank coffee. the dairy for a milkshake later today. I just say, give me a medium coffee. Marty, you're old school, and that's what we like about mm-hmm. you. You're yep. rolling up your sleeves. Yep, and a nice smoke, going in every day. Smoke unfiltered yeah. cigarettes. Ooh. That's old school. That's disgusting. All right. So last week we gave uh, a recommendation to Olivia Marion uh, for her Nooner movie watching. Yes, that is correct. Do you remember what you recommend? With Nail and I. A classic film. And this is what she had to say. She said, so, so good, perfectly dark and hilarious, amazing cast. I literally replayed the last scene two or three times. So well done. Olivia, this is, is great. absolute music to my ears because I like literally to me that's separating wheat from the chaff. The people who don't get that movie just don't get movies or yes. the possibility of movies. And again, there's all sorts of different wonderful movies. It's a very specific thing. I'm not saying all movies should be this, but in terms of the perfect collusion of story, mm-hmm. writing, acting, directing, execution, everything, everything is perfect in this film. Especially when he eats that egg sandwich. Do you remember? Mm, uh, oh, oh, the guy and the the, the drippings come out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, Olivia, we we're not going to talk about the ending here, except that if you want to read up on the ending, there's sort of interesting backstory on that. And I just don't want to say more because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. But there's interesting backstory in that. And by the way, you're going to be able to watch the movie 20 more times, and every time hear a line that you missed. But she does want a recommendation for next week. Oh, uh, Ladybugs, kid soccer film. No, I think okay. that's just so rude. <laughs> okay, These well, are our listeners who are, who depend on, on I, your opinion. Wait, okay, so Olivia, who is a, a, apparently a listener, thinks that I was serious or I'm making just, fun of her. No, but you I think Olivia got the idea of the tone of the show mm-hmm. and that I wasn't just going to say something serious, although I did just talk about credits for seven minutes. <laughs> um, okay, okay, okay. All right. McCabe and Mrs. Miller. If oh, you haven't yeah. seen Altman's – and even Altman and Warren Beatty had a problem with the movie at the time. And it's I think it's one of those cases of they didn't realize how great it was – McCabe and Mrs. Miller do get a great DVD copy of it if you if you're going to watch on DVD or whatever. Truly, truly an extraordinary western. It's it's about um, the silences. Um, it, it, yeah, the sound it? in it is incredible. It's about the uh, the sort of American West. Yeah, it's a Pacific Northwest tale of a of a of a, a well-to-do loser. I, you know, it's hard to even describe. But the thing I like about it is is Altman's sort of you were there aesthetic really lends itself to this Pacific Northwest. You kind of feel like, okay, yeah, that's probably what the West was really like. Mostly dirty, a little, you know, kind of scuzzy, people kind of feeling their way around, around death and corruption and 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 lasciviousness. It, it, it's just a damn good movie. And it oh, has, but by the way, I have to also, if you haven't seen Shampoo, it's really no, no, toss-up. No, 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 she just movie. wanted one. We'll get, next week, we'll give her another one. Okay, next week, I'm going to give you shampoo. No, no, we, we can't do two. Okay, 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 we can't do two Warren Beatty films in a row. Okay, so McCabe and Mrs. Miller for if, next watch week. Watch both. Watch both. Nope, Olivia, nope, nope, watch nope. both. McCabe and Mrs. Miller and nope, shampoo. Watch on, both. Watch it. both. Watch both. Watch both. Watch both. both, both. <laughs> You're like a six-year-old. I know, but I get so excited okay. to introduce people the, to true, true, The soundtrack great for, for McCabe and Mrs. Miller is fantastic. Yeah, Leonard, Leonard Cohen. Cohen yeah. Yes. And so I, I was looking for it and looking for it, and I realized that uh, they, he just used Leonard Cohen's first album for the soundtrack. Well, that's like, can you songs. name the other movie which prominently does that and probably changed the face of music and movies? Jaws. No, that's a score, Marty. No. The Graduate. Oh, yeah. Those, yeah. you know, Paul, those Simon and Garfunkel songs were existent songs. Right, and, right. And, and, and it, I mean, the, what about and, Harold, but it was so beautiful. What about used. Harold and Maude? 
you know what I did? I'm great, but that was Cat Stevens. I think it was written for, for the movie. Okay. Yeah, but I, but I don't know that for sure. Right. But anyway, but yes, but you're you are on point that Le- he took Le- he listened to the Leonard Cohen soundtrack and said, "This is written." What other movie did that, Marty? But this is kind of a trick question. What other movie of the time did like took existent music and like get, made you look at the music the whole another way? Jaws. <sighs> Jaws two. 2001. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean it was I think that was the revival of taking a classical music and then well, I won't say perverting it, but then rather extraordinarily bringing out uh cuz I mean Wagner's full of bombast and and, and it's a wide range and, uh, of music that it's not all about Wagner. Yeah, 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 but I mean that's yeah, the yeah. prominent piece, but yeah, you're you're right. Um that he weird, does it again in Barry Lyndon, I said to great effect. Is it Pendrecki who does all the weird <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, 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 Mel Pendrecki. <laughs> I'm Mel Pendrecki. Pendrecki's auto show. I did the. <laughs> These are my cousins singing. And, and soundtracks. Right. <laughs> Scribbled in a crayon. You gotta, you gotta have a side business in the auto shop game. <laughs> Never a steady gig. No. <laughs> They'll always need music, but cars. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. Uh, so, all right. Good times. Um, well, so, yeah. Oh, we need to uh, finish going through your credits. Um. Oh, <laughs> yes, that long torpid journey. I don't even know if t- you know what. I'm not even quite sure torpid's the right word there. Word, but it didn't have an auto, onomatopoeic yeah, kind of. It, yeah. You felt that it was the right word. Um. Let's see. We were up to. Did we do ER? No. We. Oh, we we kind of hit on ER. Yeah. So we'll skip yeah. ER. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But you can watch it. It's an episode called Bygones. <laughs> <laughs> Look for it on Netflix. <laughs> Um, rent the entire 14 seasons right. of buy, buy the box set just, and just, just go flip through that fucker for my one second and then Dan will get a nickel in residuals yeah I still do actually get residuals in the ER I mean that was that was that's cool uh, we're pretty much we're up to Jersey <laughs> no 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 we're pretty much done with no, everything no, we, you've ever no, done Jersey Girl yes oh this one of the this was the this was an exciting moment because I I think I think um well I mean Kevin's always generous it's, it's never about that but um, like when I did, um, dogma, I think I'd flown myself out there or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Happy to do that. Um, and on this, he called up and said, I got a line for you. Want to come out? And I thought the same would apply. And then suddenly like this, this itinerary appeared in my box. And then I went down to the airport and it was a first class ticket. And it like, I was, I was so excited. <laughs> so, so you weren't hired as a local. You were hired. No, yeah. that's right. That's right. And I was like, so the, the union says that if they fly you somewhere, they have to fly you business or first class. Well, it was first class. First now class. they've actually changed the rules, I think, so that it's it inside the country. It's, it's business class. All right. Which to, to be honest, seeing both sides of the game, business class is just fine for right. inside the I'd country. I'd rather it's like the, have, the first class. I'll a little fly dated. coach and just take the balance. You I, know? Yeah. I think it's, I think that literally the first class thing is left over for when there was first class and economy and business class is fine. Anyway, sorry, SAG to, to betray you like that. But yeah, I do think business class is, is just accommodating and fine. Um, so, uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, so that was terribly exciting. And then I realized, my God, they've, they've, they're spending $7,000 so that I can come out and do one line. That's incredibly, uh, generous of the production for press number four. Yeah. That press was number character? four. Yeah. But it, but, the great thing about that, and a total just luck, luck of the draw, is I do the line, and and Kevin gave me perhaps after the experience of Jane Bob Silent Bob Strike Back, where he hadn't given me line readings and I was a flop. He literally came over and just said, "Do the line this way." What was and the I line? Did, oh, will someone please shut that girl up? I think was the line about the crying baby in the at the press conference with Ben Affleck, and then. So I do the line exactly the way he wants it, with like one take, great. So that I feel good. I feel rejuvenated. Mm. Like I've got my cred back. And then, you know, the peop- the powers that be, when they cut the trailer, 
put that in the trailer. And it was because they were really trying to go super wide with that movie, Ben Affleck at the time and everything. And Dan Etheridge. I have never gotten more response in my life because everybody I knew on the planet saw that trailer. It was everywhere, that trailer. And it was a prominent – it came to me to be the like – the punchline in the trailer where then the literally I think there was a record scratch. You know? <laughs> so so uh, that was that is the pinnacle of my acting experience was getting cut prominently into the trailer for Jesus and Paul. to fly first class to say and that's that right, line to go to Philly. We had um they we had a uh, wait Jersey Girl was a, not filmed in it, no no it wasn't Philly and I went there and then we, I had this really interesting experience because. After the after the day of shooting, uh, I went back and I had uh, dinner with Kevin and Jan at the hotel, which was really nice. And then he took me up to the editing suite in the hotel to show me some of the cut, which he often does with cuts of his films, uh, which I enjoy very much. And we go in and Ben and J-Lo come in. They're 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 dating Benifer. at the moment. Benifer, sorry, come in and they pop down. And I, and I had met Ben once or twice, but it's not like we're friends or even acquainted. We just happened to have intersected several times. Um, but I certainly know J-Lo. And so suddenly it was <laughs> Kevin, me, Ben, and J-Lo watching the film that, you know, Ben's starring in and shooting. And they were in very – they were very uh, uh, much a couple then and, and really very nice. But I, I have to admit I was a little intimidated in that moment. Oh, no, fair was, enough. You know, at that time, that was like a lot of like – Bling. caliber yes you know wattage a going lot, on lot and star yeah and, and i think power. probably you know given their druthers because and i understand this they're looking at the footage of a movie that they're doing right now i think probably given their druthers i wouldn't have been there also there but i think kevin polite as he always is you know it was hard to say dan could you excuse us right so and and but i mean it wasn't bad it was right. weird and um, so there it was by the way you're listening to nooner uh the nooner podcast with dan and marty yeah that's Tweet right your questions to at nooner dan marty yeah and uh coming up we'll have patrick sean smith the creator of greek but if you know him like i do you, you just call him sean yes or so, or the kid um here's a game that we <laughs> even though he's he's very much a man now that Here's a game that we used to play yeah, that okay. maybe Sean would want to chime in on. Okay, when he gets here? When he gets yeah, here. Okay, when because, he Because, you know, we'll yeah. wait for that ding-dong. Yeah. Um, well, wait, you know what? That might have sounded like right. you're calling Sean a ding-dong. Yeah, we'll wait for that ding-dong. For people who haven't listened to the show, we used to have a sound effect of a doorbell that went ding-dong. So, just so nobody thinks the wrong thing. Um, Hollywood theme restaurant. Do you remember the game, the menu? Hollywood menu? Yeah, absolutely. Winton Marsalsberry steak and mashed potato Moneal. So, except that the one I always liked that wasn't, wasn't, was I, for some reason we got hooked on also Luftwaffles. <laughs> it wasn't really a celebrity, okay. the Luftwaffle, but so explain, I like Luftwaffles. Explain the game. Well, no, it just was, we want, oh, so, you know, the, so the players at home can tweet. Okay, so. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 we, it was, it was John and Bomb and you and me and I think and Brad Stark. No, Art was Art. There, wasn't yeah, it was, no, it was a table at TD. So it was going to be like Scott Weissman, Brad oh, Stark, yeah. John and Bomb, Tim Decinio, Eric Liu, those right. guys. So we're sitting around and we just, and it just became like, if we were going to be an asshole restaurant that was a Hollywood theme and it had to have a pun for every, uh, meal ordering, what would they be? So like the, you know, I think the first one out of the gate, and I believe I came up with this was Winton Marsalsbury steak and then mashed potatoes. Meal, I remember, and you know, so it went on. It went on like that, and it it really you, like hours of fun. No, I can't. All right, well, but I do remember. But then we strayed as we often do, and somehow we got the Luftwaffles, Luftwaffles yes. which I think it's, it's left very, us all very pleased. You guys are with all ourselves. big in history, so pat on the back for Luftwaffles. Uh, so if you think of any good. 
puns. Yeah, that, you can yeah. always send them in, or you can just go to your favorite restaurant and order a big stack of loaf waffles and see what happens. <laughs> Healthy stack of that. All right, you know what? It's 1230. It is time to bring in... A, I don't even know if we... Oh, <laughs> for the, fuck's sake. There's the dig <laughs> Oh look who's here! Oh, you, can't, you know what we say? We have to get it more in sync because uh, because uh, if if I say I and now we're going to bring in and then the door rings, I think the door's got to ring and but, then I go oh but my you, gosh. then you have to cue. No, I know Jay this that, is my fault. It's right. not your fault, Jay. Let's just practice it again for next week. Although we'll do it here. Um, so I'm just going to say a sentence as though I'm talking, okay? And then you just interrupt me. So Marty, uh, earlier today I was I was checking out this topiary. And- Oh my god! Oh, look, let me get the door. Who the hell? Great. Uh, who is it, Marty? Hey, it's Sean. Oh hey, come on in, Sean. Sean, creator of of Greek and writer extraordinaire. Yeah, and all around the brilliant guy. A long time. I kept hitting the doorbell, and nobody would come and answer. It. By God, heads are gonna roll. <laughs> Jay, can we get our electricians union in here? To, wait, we got nobody else but us, right? Nobody else. Uh, we, okay, <laughs> this is non-union operation. <laughs> Very good. Yes, I, like I always wonder. Uh, hey, hi, Sean. Hi, guys. <laughs> great to have Thanks you on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is so great. You. I had such an adventure getting here through the city walk. Well, tell me, did how? Because I've written out for people that know, I have written out what I consider to be the the most elaborate directions email, but probably too elaborate because I don't even know how you could read them when you do it. But how did it go? It was it was like a treasure map. Like I felt like it was so. <laughs> so specific. we are at Universal City Walk, which has an expansive parking lot and two different entrances and all these booths. It's like trying to get somebody to one specific spot in Disneyland. You know, through the security, through the everything. But you sur- the- you're surrounded by so much as you're coming yes. into it. But yep. what happened? The one thing that you couldn't account for in your elaborate directions. Okay, thank you. Uh, was that I was supposed to park in Woody Woodpecker. And I get there, and she's like, you need to park in Frankenstein. And I'm having a, a real conversation Wait, with Jay, her. Jay, are you hearing this? Are you getting this? But a real so, conversation with her. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm supposed to be in Woody Woodpecker. And she's like, no, Frankenstein. I'm like, I hear that, but I, my directions here take me from Woody Woodpecker. So then she's like, no, you need to go to Frankenstein. So I rush to Frankenstein, and then I'm Is Frankenstein through. on the other side of City It Walk? was, yeah. It was. But then it was this- Jay, whole, we got to talk to people. I I should have thrown down. I think. Oh, wait, did you not say that? I think should, I think the email says say, tell, tell them, them you're, you're going to the John Lovettani Club to do a show. I did. They were just. It, it seemed like it was Friday. And you know. Were, no, honestly, they are crazy over there. All right. But it well, was fun just kind of running through the parking structure, and I'm kind of like, <laughs> all right, this is um, Curious George. Uh, this is uh, ET. This is Jurassic Park. I need Woody Woodpecker, and I'm running around asking. And I think I probably it probably sounded like I was looking for sex or something. Just kind of like Woody Woodpecker. Can you direct me to Woody Woodpecker, please? You know what? Like, by the yeah, way, that's the that is the pickup line I use when I'm out at the bars. Um, it has never worked for me once, like so I think we should abandon like, that. Okay, I got a hand job in the way, and it was great. <laughs> well, we should. Uh, all right, Jay, we'll look into that. We'll just make. Yeah, okay. It's okay, not Jay's fault. That's Jay does the best he thing. can. Totally fine. So, it was fun. No, no, I didn't. That's a post show thing. We let it all hang out here, Marty. Just the warts and all kind of <laughs> thing. <laughs> Everybody's interested in our parking issues. How Welcome to Nooner. Thank you so much. How was your summer, Sean? My summer was great. Um, you got a little break for the first time in a while? Yeah, yeah. No, it was nice. We. Um, I didn't do any traveling. I went to North Carolina. That's traveling. That's traveling. People appreciate the Where south. in North Carolina? Uh, Chapel Hill for a wedding. Oh, very good mm-hmm. research triangle. Yes, yes. Mm. I felt I felt it, but Did, it was yeah. the summer, so there were no kids. But oh, it was, damn it. It's been a good summer. I'm kind of ready for fall, though. I'm ready for Halloween. Well, I bet you are. Did I not see on Deadline Halloween Daily that you uh, set up a, a, a project, right? Yeah. Yes. Very Congratulations. Yes. So, uh, Thank you. For those who don't know, Greek had its series finale in, in July. Is that right? Is that it right? was, I think so, yeah. Yeah. I purged it from my mind. 
<laughs> but not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Just to start a new therapy, lots of months of of fetal position crying. But that's just Thursday night for me. <laughs> yes, indeed. But no, it was great. It was it was four seasons, seventy five episodes, and wow. it was just quite a run. And now yes. working past it. And that fourth season came as a surprise, right? I mean, it was we we had kind of planned for the the end of the third season to be the end of the the series. If it had to be. So we shot two different endings, one where, you know, we're set up for a cliffhanger for the fourth season and the other where there's nuclear attack and fallout and they all turn into zombies and eat each other. Did you shoot that? We did. So you had it in your hip pocket. Exactly. CBS Radford shot in front of the My Three Sons house. It's Cappy eating Evan's brains. But you did destroy the entire set. That must have been cathartic. It was amazing. It was actually, yeah. So we thought we thought we were done at the end of the third season. They gave us the final ten to kind of wrap things up and I was trying to imagine what would be the best way to really conclude it and it was to tear the house down but now it's funny because um, ABC Family you know is is incredibly successful they have a lot of great shows thanks to you thanks we, we because of me we, right? we actually said that before you came here and I do want to get onto that because oh. I feel like Greek was a show which helped them rebrand with family in the title it felt like they were mired in G-rated whatever, and but, you right. were the guy that took them out of that right. for other shows. Right. And technically, it was still sort of in the family world of brothers and sisters and fraternities right. and sororities, right. but it was still something that they could do that could age up their audience, edge it up, and I, you know, am forever in their debt for giving me that you, opportunity. You know how Bill Clinton would say, we need to build a bridge to the 21st century? You built a bridge yes. for ABC Family yes. to the 21st century. Exactly. Sean Smith. That was my plan. Yes. Thank you. Well, no, so what is it, was it their active, like, uh, agenda to to age up their their viewership or did they come see greek and they said we don't care that we have kids shows we're going to make this show i think that they saw you know at, at that time the the wb was becoming the cw and i think that they were seeing right. an opportunity in in filling that gap that i think for a while there the wb and the cw were trying to find they were trying to find their procedurals and become like all the other networks as opposed to lose what was so special with shows like Veronica Mars. Thank um, you. And, you know, things that really kind of gave them their their niche. So I think in seeing that, ABC Family was smart to say, we can fill that with the type of programming that we know our millennial audience will respond to. Right, right, right. right, right and right. then came Greek. And then came Greek. And, and then that's came, a new chapter. That'll be my that's autobiography. Like the, and then came Greek. the ABC <laughs> history. That's at the end of a chapter. And then came Greek. Turn the page. Chapter the, 5. Right. The, Where's Woody Woodpecker? <laughs> Volume 2. Lost at City Walk. <laughs> Looking for Pecker. Um, that is how I'm opening my Craigslist ad. <laughs> I meant parking. I, I meant parking. Let's do that as a route. I just want to put on there the title on Craigslist. Lost at City Walk. Looking for Pecker. <laughs> see see the responses that we get. I guarantee you we there get will some be interesting responses. With some photos, yes. I imagine. Yes. Uh, we will share that with the uh, with our audience next week. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Um, but with ABC Family, so the, the one thing in tearing down the Capitao house, which was so great and it was cathartic, but at the same time it left all the other sets that now I'm starting to see pop up on other ABC Family shows, <laughs> nice. which is painful. So my next mission, next series finale i'm going to destroy every set with a bulldozer That's and justify so it somehow fun. well but here's a, this is good for me because I, sometimes i'd like to be a surrogate for our audience 
by having failed to watch all of my guests' uh, oh, any, shows. Any. No, no. <laughs> well, many. No, but in this case, it's different. I actually did watch a great deal of Greek. I just didn't see the last Thank season, you. and I'm sorry yes. about that. Um, but I want to own that by dint of saying, so I'm, I'm given to understand that you literally bulldozed the frat house as a part of in the show itself. Yeah, it was kind of the final ten was the, uh, was this whole kind of um, there, there's kind of like a, a mole within the Capitao house and somebody who's who's out to get them and then mm. you find out it's a former KT brother who's come back and he's rich uh, you know in the, in the finale we have uh, Lasker Plex which is supposed to be a Google Plex so we have people on segways and free food stands <laughs> and he's like this big uh, uh, technology mogul but his plan is to buy the Capitao house and tear it down for um, uh, a student rec center or something on campus and you know for for the longest time I'd planned on actually saving it in the last minute and then being like yay the house is saved right. we can all continue playing but the show's over <laughs> and then as as time went on I was just like it's too easy it's too cheesy it's too shaved seen it a million times so I called our line producer and said I want to tear down the Capitao house and she was like no you don't and I'm like yeah I do she's like how do you do that and I'm like you tell me. How do we do that? <laughs> and having to get the Isn't that the great thing it. about television, by the way? Yeah. Is that you do get to pick up the phone and make that kind of call. Well, and, just, and just go, T- you tell me. And she's amazing. I mean, yeah. it, we had the best line producer, uh, best producer director, and they really made it happen. So we took, um, you know, we were shooting in this basement at Radford, basically. Right. And um, we got these mini bulldozers. And then uh, <laughs> the last, very last thing we shot was the bulldozers going through our sets. That's and so great. Awesome. And That's so great. Did you get to ride one too? No, you that would have been dangerous. Like Slim yeah. Pickens and uh, right. Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, actually, there's, there's a good story. Sam Fuller, the, the gonzo director from the 60s and 50s, he uh, did this film called Shot Corridor at yeah. Fox. And yeah. really low budget film. And, and it was kind of edgy and weird. So for the last uh, scene, it, it's about the the lead character freaking out. So he just turned on all the sprinklers and destroyed the set so wow. that Fox couldn't reshoot anything that, that they didn't Genius. like. Yes. <laughs> so, like, in, in a way, you, you made it so that nobody can go back to uh, the, the frat house. Fortunately, I wish and, I had and the foresight. So, so yeah. I mean, the, the fans out there already know this, but maybe there's people out there who haven't seen it, but the... So what was the what was the the in story reason for the bull? How how did that become a good thing? Because clearly you didn't end on like Veronica Mars. We put all the chips in on somehow getting a renewal and have now like one of the Saturn War endings <laughs> of any series ever. Um, but but surely there was a way in which that somehow became a, a a point of renewed happiness or pride for somebody somehow. I mean, I think it's we knew that we knew that we were done. So you know, I think story wise, it seemed like a great opportunity for them to for the house to represent the series to know that the series is ending, the house right. is ending, but our characters will live on with the hope that there will be another day. And ah, right. you know, living yeah. on with hope. Exactly. That's, that's television. Bring God in, love it. Bring in the love. Yeah. Um, we should do just a tiny bit of backstory just to say that, uh, and I'd mentioned this before, is like I met Sean, I think, probably when he was virtually fresh-ish from Texas, yes. where you were from, West Texas. Uh, North Central Texas. That's right, North Central Texas. A small town. And, and a small town. Decatur, 4,000 people. Well, one right. giant Walmart. Shout out Decatur. Nice. All our fans in Decatur just jumped up and down. Um, <laughs> Go Eagles. And it's always been, it's been a pleasure, like, because I, you know, I got, to, therefore I got to meet Sean when he was starting out in his career and, and now know him when his 
TV career has eclipsed mine, which is really Please. a point of pride. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I do remember meeting you and be like, would you read my practice spec? <laughs> it's a really good episode. Now, what was your Dylan McDermott. <laughs> Dude, I can't even remember. That's, oh. I had that in a Felicity, and I think at times they would cross over where I'm like, I think we killed Felicity. We have to change that. So but you, I do want to like, I do want to say, because I, and I, and I have already said again earlier in the show that I'm a little Ben Verenish and all that jazz. Like, everybody's like a fine humanitarian and a special, <laughs> but you, they, you do hear that cliche of like oh the good guys won in hollywood because you know you really because you meet so many douches and the great thing about sean is that he is not a douche and he actually is a good guy and it's great to see you getting ahead and going far thank you congratulations thank you, thank you. um yeah, okay so, now so, enough self-congratulatory pap take it away marty uh so you came here what year did you come in to la i it was right after graduation so 97 you went to ut um, austin went to ut austin and i literally the day after graduation packed up my geo tracker which dan might recall um Vividly. which was the barbie jeep which i like to think it was the hybrid before hybrids <laughs> because that thing got like a thousand this? miles to the gallon and i could park it on this table <laughs> so if i had the to. silliest car ever it was the history. silliest car <laughs> in that my friends uh when i would drive by their house my friend alan would make the the Jetson sound was like, like that's the like, that. Thank you, Marty. That was. It. I have a vision, and I know it's wrong. Of it being, and as you said, Jetsons of it being like purple and rounded and having it was sparkles light on the blue. Side. And I think there was a sparkly decal, not full sparkle. <laughs> but there, but so but, I was not just totally painting that in into my mind's and, eye. It, but sparkles are in now. Kesha sings about sparkles and glitter and fun. So you heard it here first on Nooner. Sparkles are of, in. It, I was way ahead of my time. Hybrid uh, sparkles. Indeed. Yeah. indeed. It, let's just say it was very distinctive and memorable. It was. I could never yep. not find that in a parking lot. And by the way, I am not, a, I'm the opposite of a car. I've got I goes no taste. I've had two I had cars no idea in my what you just said. I have no idea. I'm like a car. I'm not a car guy, and I have no taste in cars. I've had two cars in my adult life, <laughs> and so while you were being distinctive and memorable, right. I was driving the four door blue Mazda Protege green. that my parents had given me. It was me. green. It was blue, Marty. It was my fucking oh, it was for blue. ten it was years. Blue. It was blue. Yeah. It was blue. I, I, so I was it. I, but but I love that. I love that you would correct me on my car color from ten know, years. Hey, your car was green. I mean, the nineties weren't no, that much I was of a just blur. Trying to get it clear in my okay. Head. But you it, tro- did you drive it to the very end? I, I know drove, that was your ambition. I drove it until it died, and then I I immediately bought a just a slightly new used uh, Honda CRV nineteen ninety nine. And I'm driving that to this very day. And I'm not <laughs> With saying, the same goal of I will drive this. Absolutely. The thing more. runs great and it yeah. does everything I need it to do. I own it outright. Yeah. Now, and this is, look, there have been years where it would have been very easy for me to trade up car wise. There have been years where I've been extremely thankful I own the car and had no payments. <laughs> so it's not, a, it's not about money. It's about like the fucking thing runs and it works for me. That's it. Great. That's great car. Yeah. It, it's not an accessory. That's right. I, that's right. But anybody who also knows me fashion wise, design wise decor wise knows that you don't, I don't believe in accessorizing <laughs> i'd say that's even kind even you if did. i believed in it i'd fail you at did it. have a puka shell necklace for a while i'd like to think oh, that it, i think I, I remember the puka shell. everybody <laughs> had a puka shell necklace in the 90s this is no. when like amber Crabbie and fitch had just hit and everybody's wearing cargo pants and f shirts i think and my shells. geo tracker was my puka shell necklace yeah. Yeah. But, i don't think but i ever you, actually you were just coming in as we at that time i would have been like what 30 and so at that time i was like Damn, everybody I, was you'd go out to the abbey and Every human being was wearing cargo pants, Amber Carmi fit shirt, and puka shells. Everybody. Dan had to trim his neck hair just so he could wear that puka <laughs> shell necklace. So anyhow, did you come this, out this your, qualifies as oversharing. <laughs> There's no denial, by the way. Yeah, okay. Um, did you come out here with a job, or did you just come out with... I, 
I came with a dream with a dream uh-huh. and two internships under my belt. So I oh, you'd come over in the summers. Yeah, uh, the two summers before I graduated, I interned at NBC and Universal. So mm-hmm. I felt like that would land me something. Quickly. Were you like an usher? Or anything like well, that? that's the thing. Like coming back to Universal, um, the my first job was at NBC in their story department. But to supplement my no income, uh, <laughs> I worked at Universal in uh, the theme park. Uh, nice. Really? Which, which, I think I knew this, but this story's been long buried. In I archives. was, I, my, my responsibility was crowd control, which was the job where you got to wear shorts. And, um, you basically, <laughs> so you, you to, fought for that. Business. I fought for that. <laughs> right, right. Fought he changed that. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then my, That's my first day on the job, I'd cut the pants off. I'm like, this is a shorts job now. Take it to Wasserman if you don't like it. There's <laughs> an upstretched fist in the air. Like, <laughs> well, this is the days of Seagram's too. So it's kind of like, it's Seagram's. They have wine coolers. They would oh, want us to wear shorts. God, I miss wine coolers. Right. God, but again, that, that even predates you. It was really the 80s wine coolers. Sun Country, Bartles and James. Oh, I Everybody out there who's yeah. my age knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I am noted in my high school at senior party <laughs> for drinking three two-liter bottles of Sun Country wine cooler <laughs> at the senior party. <laughs> and we were at a hotel where they had those old-fashioned ice machines with the like the, the brown one that stands up with the silver thing in there. Oh, yeah? I got in there thinking it was an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> and and once I realized it was an elevator that I was just in a lot of ice, that I decided to stay in there so that every time a hotel customer would come in and open the thing to get ice, I'd go, hi! <laughs> so do try it. three by wine coolers. And I tied them around me so there's pictures of me wandering around like a zombie at senior party with three two-liter bottles of wine cooler tied to Does my wine cooler still come in two-liter bottles? <laughs> no, do, tragically, no. Do they still even sell wine cooler? <laughs> oh, my God. Those were the glory days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if just we had been able to take your tracker and oh meet my, my wine coolers, we'd have had the per- and put Katrina in the waves on the soundtrack. <laughs> we'd be walking on sunshine, baby. All there right. would be no stopping no us. No stopping us now. So, uh, anyhow, Universal Studios. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. This is good. Um, no, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, crowd control and you also had a walkie talkie. And basically your job was to go to the shows where they had pyrotechnics to make sure people didn't like run up into the pyrotechnics mm-hmm. out of, as a freak out. Oh, right. like, the Miami Vice ride. Yeah, the Miami Vice, you mean well, the like, water r- world. R- the, oh, right. Water world. Something yeah, would right. explode and they wouldn't in freaking out run towards the exactly. explosion. Yeah. <laughs> kind of there reverse. Were, there was a very low bar in expectations for <laughs> Re- uh, audience reaction to the grandeur of the Waterworld show. So I, I must run towards my death. And that yes. was your summer internship. That no, that was my job. That was the the, the, oh, the job that the, actually gave me the money to. Oh, I see, I see. to survive Would you say of, and 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 I don't I don't I, you know the stereotype and I'm not saying you're the stereotype and I don't mean this about height. I mean you know about the the small pond fiefdom. Did the did the walkie talkie and the authority. Did you turn it into kind of like you were a tyrant in your in your no. little thing? No, my first my first uh, experience with the walkie-talkie was they were uh, somebody came on and they were like, "Sean, what's your 20?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and they're like, "What's where where are you?" And I'm like, "Oh, Oh yeah, okay, yeah, no. So I'm, and I think this was how I sounded earlier trying to get to this place. I was like, I'm, I'm standing near, um, Woody the Wood Beethoven, Pecker. the Beethoven show, and I see Woody Woodpecker and a little, just a little bit of Waterworld, and they're just like, you're on break. <laughs> So, so, so this is like a homecoming for you being here at Universal <laughs> City Walk, a, a good one. Where I'm like, I was such an 
idiot here. But I love that your return experience 20 years later was to was be I'm baffled still by geography. Without again. my yes, walkie-talkie, only my but iPhone. Every night you were running home to type your Dylan McDermott script. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's no, good. it was it was it was a great experience. But the, so when I moved out here, my first job uh, was for Dick Wolf's uh, 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 writers here, based in L.A. Um, so I came, he's the producer of all the of procedural, all the Law and Orders, right. um, Laws and Order, Laws and Order. <laughs> I like that. Has anybody ever said that? And that's pretty brilliant. And I don't think I've ever seen that or no. heard that. Laws Congratulations, Marty. I yeah, am, I like am sergeants in arms. And th- did he also do uh, John August's? Show or? Yes, that's how I met uh, John. I guess while I was there, a friend it, of the show, a friend of the show. Yeah. Um, I was uh, I was there for a few years, and they were starting the franchise of the Laws and Order. And um, <laughs> uh, thank, thanks, thanks for keeping the runner alive. <laughs> I love it. No, it's it's it's, it's awesome. Um, but, but coming to LA, I wanted to work on either Nine Hundred Two One Zero or Buffy. I was I was, right. I was very much young character type shows, and the first job that came my way was Law and Order. And for the writers of New York Undercover and those shows, and I was like, "Meh." Nice. Um, I've never watched an episode. Um, and then I got there and saw the amazing Sorry, opportunity. Dick. He's, I, a, he's a listener. I know. Way. Dick Wolf is. I know. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Dick. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't mean that that way. I have to, I have to clarify, like, with the ding dong earlier. Um, I'm not calling him a dick nor a ding dong. <laughs> he was a wonderful man who gave me some great opportunities. Ex listener, Dick Wolf. And a bit of a pecker. And. <laughs> No, no, no. You're not a dick or a dick dog or a pecker, Dick Wolf. Thanks for listening. (laughs) All right. But no, he he gave me uh, some tremendous opportunities while I was there, and and he started to develop a show called DC with John August, which this was just post-Go, and John wanted to work in uh, more character stuff. This was for the WB, so that's how I met John, and I was really excited about kind of the younger younger demographic shows. So that's a perfect match. What's that? Yes. The WB. Never called, but that's how I heard they always answered their phones. <laughs> Wait, ser- seriously? Really? Yeah, they would get. I remember there was like an article in Entertainment Weekly about oh, people. That's disgusting. The receptionist getting furious that people would just call. And oh, and by the way, that. they are my current employer, so I, it's a wonderful decision, <laughs> <laughs> and I applaud it. Um, that's it. And then we sort of met because you you went to work with John August, right? Uh, and we had met because I'd known John August at the time. That's how so. I as a writer's happy. assistant. What did, what were your duties? I mean, it was mostly um, everybody kind of runs their shows differently. John didn't have a writer's room, so mine would have been more about kind of being in the room and taking notes. So it was mostly just kind of assisting all the writers, getting them coffee, coffee, and. But have you guys heard about the interns that are suing? I just read Fox? about that. Yeah, well, over the 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 uh, swan, black, black swan. Yeah, yeah. Right, for like because they were like we had to get coffee and do lunch. We didn't learn shit. Right. Well, and there was that, but on CNN they referred to it as um, interns suing over having to do menial tasks. Which, <laughs> considering the time that I put Jesus in doing Christ. these menial tasks, yeah. I'm kind of like it's not like I was cleaning their feet with my tongue. At the end of the day, it was I, it, ordering supplies and getting coffee, and I did that as an intern and as an assistant. That's exactly or, right. That's part of the deal. You do it, and then you're around people and then you meet I mean that's just what and I know it sounds so cliched paying your dues and it's half that but it's not like you're it's like that's just part of the game that's how you get around people and yeah. by getting around people and around milieus like the writer's room that's how you start to absorb, absorb information thing, yeah and, and exactly. it, 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 it's, it's incumbent on you to be proactive to I mean I have gotten so many damn information lunches that you can and right. coffees and lunches I mean years and years of getting coffees and lunches and that's just part of the well. that's it's a ridiculous lawsuit a ridiculous although I mean 
I guess there's a world. I know some states have laws where you can't have unpaid interns because, but it has to be affiliated with school because otherwise you're just literally. And I get that, but sort of. It's it's, it's yeah. bureaucratic kind of. I mean, they shouldn't be doing. They shouldn't be having interns doing like full fledged work that they ought to be paying somebody for. They could be having interns doing work right. that's in and around. And they they you should have an assistant and an intern, not just an intern. Probably is probably a dividing right. line I could see, but clearly on Black Swan they had plenty of people on, and then we want them to have interns. Yeah. Yes, let people learn by being around sets. Exactly right, and I think ridiculous. that's ridiculous. And that's title the, the soapbox bit. Um, <laughs> Today is stepping down. We're, we're <laughs> turning no, 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 soapbox Fridays at noon, <laughs> and about that debt ceiling, the Smoot Hawley tariff. So did you get to write it. on DC then? I did not. That um, was a short-lived show. Right. It, it seemed to, in having somebody so talented in the character world as John, and having right. somebody so talented in the procedural world as Dick, it seemed like the show kind of got lost in between the two. So Some, someone so talented in the intern world as you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like writer's that's assistant. A, that's world. a hell of a troika. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I'm going to put all the blame on Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it all on Dick. Uh, well, I just because I we all I think think the world of John. I mean, I know, like the guy could clearly write a great TV show. I think left to his own devices, and I think the problem was a lot of cooks not being able right. to be left ah. to his own. And that's what happens in TV. And I mean, part of that is negotiating Who's, that and, and but sometimes it like on our cupid experience it proves just non unnegotiable right you know you you, <laughs> you could talk about threading the needle and it just can't be done it's not like somebody better could have done it it's just too many people too many divergent opinions it's just this one's not gonna i work. think yeah. abc is different from abc family like, um, well i was just saying i'm sure we've all experienced right. that and will experience yeah. that in our so careers you did write a couple spec uh, TV things and and then and after after uh, knowing John, I worked on a sci-fi series called The Chronicle, which was Silvio Orta's uh, first TV series after he had written Urban Legend. And that's it right. was a sci-fi that's series, uh, and that was my first. Um, I wrote with a writing partner at that point. And that was my first produced work, which was uh, the episode was titled Hell Mall, and it was about a haunted mm. mall on Staten Island. And of course, aptly are there any other kind? <laughs> <laughs> it was Gap girls running around with scissors and killing people, and it was just awesome, awesome fun. So that was like my first Verite. but it was it was as a writer's assistant getting the opportunity or being given the opportunity to write a script that then was produced and from there um i went on to everwood where i worked for two years as a writer's assistant but got to co-write three scripts uh which with was, your writer par- writer's par- writing it, partner it was i was the writer's assistant and i co-wrote it with uh the script coordinator mm-hmm. so we were both just kind of like given freelance opportunities and, and i think berlanti well, gives people those opportunities uh, yeah. Is that, yeah 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 which absolutely great. which, which berlanti? is great. yes yeah um, um, of brothers and sisters. And I mean, it strikes me that you've had sort of, you know, if you like want to say like a classic journey as, as a, a television writer. I mean, you've, you put in time there, you absorb this in various shows, then given opportunities to write scripts, use those opportunities, and then created your own show. I mean, kind and of when did you get an agent and all that? Then? I did, um, uh, the second season of Everwood. Like, it was something that I was kind of, putting off because I'm a control freak so there's that other X factor of having an agent and I mean for the most part a lot of the work that I got I got on my own through the assistant positions or the internships or whatever that I had done so I kind of wanted to ride that way before I became dependent this is kind of the the advice that I always give writers is just don't have being an agent be your finish line it's it's so not about that and I think everybody feels like once I get an agent I'm going to finally make it and it's just not 
that's not true. Yeah. Right. No, it, that, that, here, here. Right. That's all I'll say. So, here, here. It's still I mean, there can be great agents, but it, you still have to be your own advocate, your own, you know, you have to. Especially when you're your starting out. Nobody's going to fight harder than, than you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they'll support you and they'll, when, when there are the, great opportunities for them to, to use what skills they have, but it really is a team effort. Like, and all those yet. early jobs that you got were things that you hustled for, not your agent. Right. Yeah. And, and doing the assistant jobs, but then also kind of like finding the appropriate times to campaign a little bit to be like, hey, yeah. I'm a writer. Read this practice spec. And, and because, I mean, like, look, there's good and bad agents. The cliche about them are all true or not or whatever. But here's the fact. They are businesses. You, right. they, they're going to pay attention to the people who generate them the most money or who they think, in a, if, they're, if they're smarter and they're thinking in a medium term, are going to generate the money. So if you start generating money for them, right, right. <laughs> you will get traction in terms right. of that as well. But so. even still kind of as a baby writer kind of starting out, it's you, you need to know somebody who can kind of get you in with the support of the agency. Yeah. Yeah. But, and who is um, that person for you? Um, it was, it, it was knowing people like Greg or knowing people like Silvio or John or, you know, people right. who could kind of put calls in to people. And I also that think hiring. probably the, sh- the pedigree that you were establishing, there are agents who are, who are looking for like writers who are starting to get scripts at shows like Everwood was successful. Right. And that. you had made uh, money. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, they're like, yeah. he's making money. I don't have to do anything. He's already making money. I had, Give me that I 10%. Had, there was one agent who, um, will remain nameless. Oh. Um, but who I had. Brian I, Lord. <laughs> Brian, sorry. I'm sorry, but sorry. they need to hear. They need to hear this. The world needs to know. Um, no, this one agent who I had one produce credit and I was, I think, assisting at the time or something. And I was like, you know, we're looking for an agent. And he said, you know what? Call me when you get a job. So once you're bringing in the money, love it. Th- but that's a, I, I'd like to think it's Classic. a great illustration. I mean, but then, a, an, yeah. an obnoxious illustration of that point, which is, and of course, when I had Greek, then I was like, oh, he wants me to read his clients. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Payback is hell. Right. Unnamed agent. Call you- me when you have a job. Well, <laughs> you have a job as an agent. And you have but whatever. Actually, you know, what like I mean. the, 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 like a, the Bond villain who didn't quite get the <laughs> <laughs> world. Denomination. Oh, Dominate. Damn it. <laughs> I've undermined my evil authority on my own. So nice. did your agent help you when you got on Summerland or Absolutely that that was so much. You know, I've had the same agent since that day, Andy Elkin, and he's amazing and he, you know, it, it, it he knew the right people. I knew the other right people and together it all kind of uh that was my first staffing job right. opportunity. But I did that for 13 episodes and then I didn't work for a year and a half. And, and I remember like talking to Dan, he was like, he said uh, that Sean just sold a, a spec and he hadn't worked in a long time and you were like really freaking out. And yeah, I was. It was in a good freak. Well, was, well, you were freaking out before it sold and then you were freaking out in a good way after it sold. Exactly. No, I, um, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd written Greek. I, I had, I was starting to see so much more in the one hour world of, of lighter kind of comedy. Right. Uh, material with Desperate Housewives and Ugly Betty and I knew that I wanted to do something with comedy um, and that's when the idea of kind of doing a college comedy and something that was more of a state school as opposed to Felicity you know which I always feel like it's kind of set in New York right. but doing something that felt more akin to the 80s and then there's nothing uh, 
more iconic for 80s college comedies than the Greek system. Indeed. So um, I, I wrote it. I think I, I, I de- spent a lot of time developing it. and then Just by yourself in your apartment, just yeah. sitting alone? Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Sad, alone, <laughs> just typing. Maybe. Where all good comedy comes from. Yes. <laughs> Me funny. But it, you know, like so many, like things that they get on the air, as Greek did, right time, right place, right story, right, like you say, you, you saw the, the emerging com- because it used to be you know, hour was drama right. and half hour was comedy, and never right. between shall meet, and the, and it started to blend and become more filmic over time. Well, and the lines are so blurred now. Yeah, I feel like yeah. even with things that are more character centric, I'm hearing those sh- those should be in a half hour world now. It's kind of unless your one hour is a procedural or where people are being murdered at every turn, then right. if you want to do a light character thing or anything character, it should probably be in the half hour. You know, world. I think well, honestly, but with little in common, I mean, uh, we, we're going to seek to be as funny as any you know half hour comedy on TV. But I think we've also got grounded characterizations that are still funny and you know grounded narratives. So I, I think you know. So we'll, how are you going to work out the Golden Globes then? Which category <laughs> are you going to go in? I just don't know. I think we're going to go in for musical. <laughs> um, yeah, because you were hailed. Your show is hailed as both a comedy and a drama. Like, yeah, I, I would always call it a. Um, uh, comma? A comma. Well, that, no, that was, yeah. It was, I, I was like, it's, it's always funny. kind we, of the comedy We've said first. that on there before and thought maybe we were the first person people to come up with that. <laughs> no, it was me. It was me. I registered <laughs> Damn, it. I, I emailed it to man. myself. I have a date stamp. <laughs> we owe you a dollar. <laughs> we know we're going to take a brief, not a brief break in the show, but we're going to do a bit. And then we're going to come back and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Greek because I know there's probably some fans who are listening who just want to yes, hear a little bit about Yes, and tweet your questions to at Nooner Dan Marty. But we have a bit. Sean's we do a bit. What's the bit? And the thing that now is a bit is that I actually explain the bit far more than the bit actually, That's, you know, w- it's merits. become its own bit. Yeah, it's become its own. But here's really, is I, I, I asked Marty to come up with three questions for guests that were just, you know, would inspire com- conversation. Um, but, but Ken Marino came on here and he panicked because he thought that there was some meta comedy thing going on and he was missing the thing and it's not. There's okay. nothing behind this. You should put just that, three questions. You should put this on a card. So you know, maybe I should l- put this in the directions. <laughs> so that the listeners don't have to hear it every fucking time. I think this is a good segue <laughs> and I think they've become charmed by the monologue. Listeners weigh in. Um, okay. So, and we actually have a theme song. Coming at you in threes. Gonna put you at ease. If you like it raw, well tough. Come Oh, great. Marty <laughs> softballs. Um, okay, so bring them. All right. Uh, what do you eat for breakfast? I eat... <laughs> um, God damn it. I always try to start, start... I know. You start with like a food item every time. I know. Cause what, I love what's your favorite waffle? <laughs> okay. Um, kashi cereal. What with, kind of kashi? Really? Just um, the puffs? The, or... the puffs, the regular. Is that why you're so svelte little... these it days? Is. That's, that's yeah, how I start my day. very, very good. Yeah, well, Thank um, you very well much. With uh, soy milk or um, regular no, milk? I'm from Texas, so... I don't think this is bad for me to say this. You and I have both gone through our plump phases. Yes, yes. You know, and you have gone out of yours. I've I've given mine, and I've not, I've renewed mine for another season. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Dan! I was on the bubble, but I've decided to go for I renewal. Think only two extra scripts or orders, <laughs> not a full. <laughs> right, you better work out a back four. I'm going to go with oh, a back four. I was right at the back. I, I was right there, and I tripped on my tongue. You got there before me. You got to work at a finale. Yes. <laughs> um, I have my new favorite breakfast right now, and I think it's actually healthy. Do a little scrambled egg whites, mm. throw in some organic turkey, oh. and then because I'm lazy, I just get the Asian stir-fry vegetables already pre-cut from Trader Joe's, and ah. I use those, as, and I make a scramble. That sounds yeah. good. A scram- so what do you do with the yolks? What? 
I'd buy the egg whites in the in the things because oh. I don't need to be bothered with time consuming kitchen activities. <laughs> <laughs> but you could make a delicious custard or flan. True. <laughs> I thought it was flan. Oh, let's ask our uh, our our Mexican uh, American intern. Flan or flan? Flan or flan? How do you pronounce it? Oh, she. <laughs> Damn it! Here I was bringing it into the show. Okay. Oh, sorry oh, about that. Are you getting okay. it now? Are you getting it now? <laughs> okay. Oh, well, we were trying right. to just figure out how to pronounce flan, but we're going to go with my pronunciation. Flan it is. Thank you. Flan. But you'll um, never make it. Right. So wait, do you just eat it, just a little bowl? Yeah. And no coffee? No and, juice? Uh, and black coffee. Black coffee. That's what? it. That's my ritual. Every morning I get up, uh, feed the cat, feed the dog, feed myself. Ten minutes. Really? Done. Yeah. Not done and out. I like, but that's the way I am. Is I like the scramble is also because I don't make an, Like I just want to throw everything in, don't turn the heat up on exactly. medium, and, be, and just let and be that done happen. Yeah, and walk away. Okay. But then, and I won't go through this again. A medium, <laughs> a medium soy cafe vanilla with Wait. no sugar vanilla and a splash of pumpkin. Thank you. You did just oh go through gosh. it again. Yeah. Is it is from the coffee bean and the they coffee spit bean only? In it. They spit it. No, in they it. don't. They love me there. I'm there every morning. They know me. You want the regular? Yeah. <laughs> you have ingested so much of their spit over the past <laughs> years. If I had a dollar, <laughs> um, so the uh, that's my that that's our breakfast. <laughs> All right. I always wanted to have that relationship with the barista, just to walk in and be like, hey, Joe, yep, the usual. We want that everywhere. And in L.A., you don't – the only place I've ever gotten is La Poubelle on Franklin. It's a restaurant that knows me well. Yeah. And it, it's not that they know my order, but they'll always have a table for me. And that I That's really nice. love. They will always have a table for me there. It's a great place on Franklin. I don't have that anywhere. Uh, let's Sad. get you that. Okay, good. Okay. I'll take it anywhere. Um, this is not one of the questions. This is a prep to the question. Do, okay. do you have an assistant? No. Did you during the show? Yes. Okay, so this will go back to the show. <laughs> what is the most embarrassing thing you made your assistant do? Oh, that's a good one. That's not a, that's a medium ball. Mommy, yeah, by the no, way, no, that's not yeah. a soft ball. No, no, they, that's actually a, it's almost it gets it approaches hard ball. I know because you're know. asking him to think of something on the fly that he didn't prep for. Yeah, and notice how much I'm vamping for you. Right no, now. it's yeah. good. Vamping. It's good. Because prep for and that it it's got to reveal something embarrassing. About it's itself. tough though. Like I was a really. I I was an easy boss oh, to the sorry. point of like I did everything and they did nothing and I mean not that they did nothing you know they, they would schedule meetings but if there was something like I think but there must have been something where you you couldn't do it but you were just like oh, I hate or to maybe do this to maybe you, we go the you... other way and it, the embarrassing thing is because I do this sometimes like I, it, for whatever reason like I I'd like to think I treat my assistants well but sometimes I'll get overly pol- if it's possible would you mind please. You know, setting this appointment for me, whereas I'm like I spend like a lot of p- polite preamble to something that is a basic essential function of the assistant. Which, for a second, having had uh, having been the assistant before in that position, when people are so apologetic to ask you to do your job, it just makes you reevaluate your job and be like, <laughs> "Is it that bad? <laughs> right. Is it really right. kind You're of like the wrong signal? It's just like, oh God, I hate to do this. Can you get me a Caesar salad? <laughs> oh God, I'm so <laughs> sorry to ask you to side, do this. Please. I'm so oh. sorry. And it's just like That's they've me. asked me to like <laughs> dispose of a dead body or <laughs> right, take right, their right. dead cat somewhere. But it's all like, you have to do is like setting a meeting with the network. I mean, really, a, a prime over the home plate. Yeah. 
functionally the assistant. Well, and but I then I did never. Oh, go ahead. No, but then I no. did the same thing with my assistants. It was just like, I don't want to ask you to do that because that's beneath you. So I'll do it myself. And at the same time, it was yeah. stuff that I probably would have been easy to delegate. I'm going to leave the, the this person a name because this would get me into trouble. Um, <laughs> but I did. Woody I, Woodpecker. I was, I, I was sent to get, well, now you'll know the gender. I was sent to get her femstat. Which I'm given to understand um, is a, a vaginal cream. Yes. Wait, this is um, you as an assistant? Yep. Okay. Um, you know, th- this was me. I sent my assistant to get Femstat. Well, no, no, no. No, <laughs> no I, my, I was sent to get Femstat. That, and that wasn't, this isn't the question, though. I believe, I cannot, I, I am not saying this for fact. I believe that at one point I was given a large quantity of cash and asked to go pick up a script in an envelope from somebody. Ooh. I did not look in the envelope, so I, I can't say this is true or not. Uh, I do think, in retrospect, it probably was loaded with cocaine. Right. Probably. But I, but allegedly, uh, mm-hmm. hypothetically, right. well, every word I mean, that can, can legally tape that, I don't, I don't know that, and I, I think can't, earlier I don't cast you made reference to, um, yeah, don't, but yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, Jay, what's the shittiest thing you've had to do as part of your job? Uh, work nooner. Uh, yeah, besides, <laughs> besides, besides run the boards for us. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, hey, oh wow. So Jay's complaining so, about. Uh, I don't know. The worst thing maybe going through like two or three Jay had to go through. I, dirty there were so units. many uh, nouns that could have followed. Dirty. Right. Dirty. <laughs> dirty. Dirty. Going through. Yeah. 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 So yes. Jay had yeah, to yeah, spend yeah. hours and hours of going through dirty. I had dirty, to dirty, dirty, dirty porn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Bear Ter- porn. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, so that was uh, number two. That was pretty much Wait, did uh, you ever do anything? Uh, did you ever make any de- like demands on any of your assistant staff? Well, I will admit this, and it, it, this is not from uh, – uh, uh, this is not from like I'm too lazy to get my own lunch. But like most of the time I'm on set, and when I get that half-hour break, or usually it's not a break. I have to work through it. I just don't – I like – I need I need my lunch brought yeah. to me. It's like, and I'm sorry, and it's not like I'm too lazy to do it. It's that I'm usually working through lunch, and if not, I've got 30 minutes, 30 minutes to myself out of a 12 to 15 or 18 hour day. So I don't want to spend half of that going and getting my right. lunch. Like during those the lunch time, during that downtime, the producers are always running around doing. Yeah, stuff. and the yeah. worst because case scenario, the only time I just want to go into exactly. my office, shut yeah. the door, and have. 30 minutes, and those are when I'm doing 18-hour days. So I did I, that, I do, but I never I, felt like that was – that's never that bad. It, it's not bad, and it's even within the purview of the job. It's just that I like – like from my memory as an assistant, it's not the most exciting thing. And you know, and then I have seen people who sort of abusively – they have plenty of time during their day. And whatever. I have anyway, to sit here so. and look at something shiny. <laughs> Go get my turkey club. Right. Playing and words the thing with is friends. that I have an eater, so I usually just say, bring back whatever meat and pro, you know, meat and vegetable is they're serving. Just get it all and I'll – But that's out. the old Dan. The new Dan says, get me bring s- me kashi. <laughs> <laughs> and soy milk. I want kashi flan. <laughs> Kashi Flan. That's a good character name, don't you think? I like yes. that. A Bond villain. Right, right. I think villainess. Villainess, yes. <laughs> Kashi Flan. It's when it just gets so bad with MGM where they're just kind of like, all right, we need to product place the crap out of this, so the <laughs> right. new femme fatale is Kashi Flan. Or <laughs> Kashi Schlitz. <laughs> but no, there has to be innuendo. It should be like, Kashi, eh, big pussy. <laughs> I don't get your subtle innuendo, Marty. What do you mean? You mean after the Sopranos He's character? named after a cat? <laughs> no, right. A Sopranos character? Yeah, yeah. It's a giant it's a... vagina. <laughs> nice. 
right. Last last softball. Yeah, last softball, Marty. Bring what it. was the last movie that made you cry? We did this before. Did we did? Yep. But uh, we can do it again. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no we're doing it again. Oh, we're who doing it again because I want to know. Who, who did we do it with? Uh, I think Max Greenfield. Oh, yeah. That man is never oh, by cried. the way, Max Greenfield. I, I mean, heard he was his on Nooner. Mars. I know. Oh, I heard, heard it. I was, he I was, was like, well, I want to see what these guys talk about. Oh, he was, was like, on I, Greek? There's no way I'm going to be as charming as Max. Oh, I was really freaking out. I was like trying is to come he? up with like things to talk about. Yeah, yeah, he was so like gone. seamlessly. But he was, he was in Veronica Mars and great. And then he was in Greek and great. And now how happy to see him punching through with this big hit for Fox. So deserved. And he's a regular on New Girl. I think he's the new girl on Fox. Yeah. And all like, frankly, I think it's a good show, and all of them are really good. They're very Max talented. is the total home run. Yeah, especially when he's shirtless, <laughs> which they have written in a lot. Yeah, I how many more times that's just gonna? He had to really work because I'm not sure that shirtless would have been totally in his wheelhouse like a few years ago. But he has whipped it in the shape. Would you? Have, give, oh, go ahead. No, just I've, I've noticed like living on the east side now. How many? Women on the East Side look exactly like Zoe Deschanel. Like they've kind of adopted her look, but <laughs> right. now that I wonder that she's, but that she's like gone mainstream, is it eventually going to be exactly? <laughs> there are a lot of. I, I my joke was I was at uh, the Village Bakery and I was like, all the waitresses here are dressed like Zoe Deschanel. Well played, Fox. This is all just promotion. They've somehow gotten all these girls on the yes. East Side to look like Zoe Deschanel yeah, to Rupert, watch the new girl. <laughs> Rupert uh, Murdoch bought all the little boutiques on Sunset exactly. Boulevard. <laughs> Very like, cagey, Rupert. Oh, well. <laughs> Why is Daisy Boutique owned by News Corp now? I don't understand. <laughs> well, Max, Wait, so, right on. <laughs> why, why didn't did the kiss air? Did it, it did air. It did air. Okay. Yeah. All right. Was there any issue with um? No, Max family, has a man to man kiss on Greek. No, no. I mean, it was you know, it's it, it, as a gay show creator runner, you kind of want to make sure that you don't have some sort of wait what. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Did I just say that? I mean, my wife, Carter. Um, All of Texas just had a giant spit take. <laughs> including Governor Perry. <laughs> but no, it's, I mean, it's, I, I think going to it in a way that it was about character that wasn't about, it, I, I feel like it happened organically. It wasn't yeah. kind of, we're going to have a gay kiss because eventually it just becomes so trivial that it's like, who cares? And right. I think we played it in a way that was nice. And I think he was comfortable with it and and so was paul james and it's just i think it, it couldn't have gone better and um so no it and he i just respect him immensely for going yeah. to that place and no, not having yeah. no, ever an knows. issue you know and you all were so kind to do you did a a, a great party down shout out I mean, oh my god more than we were, a shout out really i mean it was we so were awesome. such fans <laughs> that we had cappy and evan working for party down basically wearing the same so, pink bow tie nice. and white shirt and, and we like I, I can't say i it was so cool that you all did that and we were like totally overjoyed about that and then and I, and I, I only have this vague memory of this, but like there was a line reference in Greek that was put in there as a shout out, and then somewhere, <laughs> right, and then somewhere along the way, like John t- tweaked the name, and but that was like so we got the name wrong in the shout awesome. out. We got the name wrong. Like, I mean, it's the most embarrassing shout out ever. I I still appreciate it. <laughs> I was I felt so I'm mortified. Like, we'll take like, what we can get. Somewhere along the way, it shifted, it, but because one person didn't know the shout out, and Dan this, had and never it, seen Greek, but he had his assistant watch it for him. Now, that is just while you're not getting my true. sandwich. <laughs> I need you to do coverage on this show, Greek. It's been on for three years. Just watch it and let me know. He, kn- I know that Sean knows that's not true, he but did. we did fuck up the shout out to Greek. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt eternally bad about it, right. just because you all like actually had the kind shout outs of the wardrobe and everything in there. So. You are still not off the hook. 
Yeah, the last one that I recall, there was probably something more sooner, but the one that stood out was 127 hours. Oh, yeah. Well, that'll do yeah. it. Yeah. I thought you were going to say The Devil Wears Prada. I thought you were going to say Marley <laughs> and Me. Marley, oh, no. That movie made me angry. I was just, <laughs> like, fast-forwarding to the death. As a pet owner, it made you angry? I know. I well, And that's the weird thing. It's like, I, I think when I saw it, I was not a pet owner, so I was always just kind of like, I know, I love dogs, too, and but dog owners are so, like, you know, just in love with their animals. And when we first got our dog, there was also that kind of walking your dog and, and the, 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 the protocol of other dog owners coming up to you and automatically it's a social event where it's like hi what's your dog's name what's your dog <laughs> and for a while i was just kind of antisocial and kind of like i don't care what your dog's name is just leave me alone this thing's got to poop so i can go home um but now Sweet. i'm totally i think if i saw marley and me now i would just i would be screaming yeah. and clutching my Nashing dog going it. you're never gonna be marley yeah. you know what's a great dog movie is my dog skip with uh oh munez yeah yeah and uh right. kevin bacon i think so yeah. it's a be. it's a just a <laughs> it's a tearjerker and it didn't feel as manipulative as marley and me right yeah you know? which is i think is a valid criticism yeah well it's a, it's it's unfortunate anytime something is about a dog and someone's like, oh, just wait for the ending. It's like, I know the dog's going to die. It's not going to be like a surprise crying yeah, game ending right. where it's just like, yeah. oh, my God, the, do- Sounder, the female I mean, dog is actually a male dog. And they show the dog's penis. <laughs> um, I do want to say something before okay. you do something because I, I don't want Sean to think I'm rude. It's like I keep looking at my clock. And the reason I want to say this is that I, we, we actually have a Fox Network notes call on Little in Common. No way. At, at 1.30. Right. I, I but so I'm going to sort of. I'm going to probably slip out right about then to do that, and and you all will wrap up the show. But that's the reason I've been looking at the watch. No just way. so, you, just so. You, well, normally I don't just sit there and keep looking at. The Why time do you do it always show. when Sean's talking, though? Well, because he's I talking. That. So well, because rude. I don't want to look at the watch when I'm talking. I've got talking. <laughs> no, it's fine. And I can't get a and word by the way, in saying watch, See? but it's a phone. <laughs> See, that's exactly what I'm but talking you about. But you are a trusty sidekick, Marty. <laughs> are you sure you don't want to put this notes call on the show? I think that would be you know amazing. Kevin Riley, I just want to let you know you're live on the air and go. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last movie you cried in? <laughs> uh, the I could cancellation just, of Little in Common. Marty and I can chime in and just be like, I work in Fuse too. What's, <laughs> right. what's the arc? Maybe soccer would be better than baseball. Closure. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so we'll see how that goes. But anyway, so if, if in a, like right at like 129, there's going to be an abrupt exit for me and then these guys will we won't wrap even up the notice. show we'll bring, we'll bring it home. Yeah. We'll bring it home. And I do want to just say one more thing is that, t- you know, tune in next week because we already have our guest lined up next week who is Jonathan King who runs motion pictures for participant media, which Ooh. is the big, big ongoing concern. And they have financed, uh, the movies The Help and Contagion. And so basically and they my own my sister's s- documentary. Yes, absolutely, totally. We're yes. going to talk about that. But in finishing my sentence, Marty. <laughs> what? No, this is a group. The, no, this is a no, group podcast. No, oh my no, God, no, no, no. The Help and Contagion, Daddy and Daddy which fighting. were seven weeks number <laughs> one at the box. Says. Okay, I'm not even. All right, I'm off the show. Goodbye. <laughs> seven weeks number one in America, which no no company, uh, no other company's done in, in years. So Jonathan can be here, and we're going to talk about things from an executive and a producer point of view in motion pictures. So anyway, okay, back to show. Hilarious, hilarious, yeah, hilarious, <laughs> hilarious forum that everybody will absolutely love. Um, okay, so anyway, there's the pipping for next week and the reason why I'm going to go by in about 10 minutes. Um, okay, wait, anyway. You back. said that 10 minutes ago when you started this little thing. 
<laughs> Wait, when are you going to go? What's okay. happening? Guess what? You're now an associate producer on the show, buddy. <laughs> I'm down no. from producer. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's downgrade. I thought I was a Jay, Wait, executive producer. I thought associate producer is a step up from sidekick. That's true. Mm, okay, you're back down to sidekick. <laughs> Whatever is the lowest rung. I think it's 130. Blip. All right. <laughs> okay. Back so, to Sean. So uh, one thing you were mentioned before is like how you, you were talking about an 80 sensibility for um, for Greek. That is what you sort of were going for right. in the show. Um, back in the 80s, I think you're referring to not the A-Team and Miami Vice <laughs> and the TV shows that we all watched as kids, but the movies. The movies. Like the, the John Hughes. John the, Hughes, Revenge of the Nerds, Gotcha. We had a whole uh, oh, uh, nice. dark game run yes. on the show yeah, that yeah. I was like, it's too good. I can't wrap it up in one episode, so it was like a three-episode arc. When, did yes. someone have a fake accent on it? No. No. Linda, Which, Linda, Linda Fiorentino. Another oh my joy of TV yeah. is that you find and discover things and then have the the structural ability because the you have oh, episodes yeah. to go like, hey, this is cool. Let's explore it more. To keep going, which is with one it, of the yeah. reasons I adore TV as opposed to to movies but, which have their own fun. But yeah, and I think cable too. You could, yeah, you know, they really give you a little more leniency as far as what they expect you to structure yeah, and how well, you, you find characters and, and storylines or I guess themes, we, and you go like, boom, this interests me, and you just start writing to it, and you get a chance to do that. But so, my yeah. my question was sure, or, yeah, like these days there are no John Hughes movies, like it, movies. Written for young people are like the Glee 3D, or you know, <laughs> there, there are some ex- there are some exceptions. I would say like Easy A had a, a lot of interesting stuff. It wasn't quite, giant, but I think there yeah. was a lot of wit and panache to that movie. I, w- I would, yeah, I would say there was there there was more to it than just kind of a sex romp. Or... Yeah, I, but but I think there are exceptions and not the rule. But even that has a self awareness yeah, to the yeah. John Hughes because I feel right. like it's just you know I I don't the, the those teen stories were so universal that I don't know how you retell them. Right, you right, can kind right. of like I think you can go there and maybe like hang a lantern on it and be like, oh, this is like John Hughes. Yeah, but um, I, I mean, just, I could be wrong. If listeners have any, you know, then, other, come, then other find films. and kill Marty. The um, <laughs> it, one of the things about the the nine hundred two one zero rebirth, which I, I don't know if this is particularly well known, but you know, we, uh, they they came to Rob and you know I was in the room there, but they they came to Rob and they they said we want to rebirth nine hundred two one zero and 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 they said all we've got is a title, and what Rob, you know, we and I talked about he came back with a day or two later to them or I forget what it was but he said like I'd like to I'd like to find a way to do this in a more of a John Hughes mode because I'm you know I there's great success in things like Gossip Girl and these other shows and they're exploring that arena and that tenor and that tone great Mm -hmm. and they're doing that I'd like to try to do this and he gave you know and he wrote that script and like it was unbelievable it was like two weeks and it this the script was really good and we had to then step off that show because their two ABC pilots were ordered but um and then they took it and kind of refashioned it back into the mode that was working for them more in the Gossip Girl mode, which is fine and right. it's a valid direction. But it is interesting. We we had, I, you know, I I didn't really know one of your touchstones was John Hughes, though. I think I could have intuited it. But it is something that we were seeking to do with the new nine hundred two one zero and wanted to do, but ultimately for reasons we don't know because we weren't in the room. But after we turned that in, they they took the they took all the characters and the plot lines and everything, but they mutated it and kind of and, went down a different path. And it's tough. I think TV is really tough right now. And kind of like I said before, with with the character storytelling in a one hour format, it just a show like Friday Night Lights 
could not sustain yep. on a network because right. it couldn't bring the numbers that they need. It's almost kind of like, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, the, the big broadcast networks as well as some cable networks are having to go the way of what movies are doing today and it's just all tentpole. That's just, right. It all right, has right, to right. Big. That's exactly But it. at the same time, there are these avenues. There's, you know, ABC Family where, where smaller shows can flourish. Now, and well, I think, I think, uh, the, you know, if I, and I want to try to put a, if we want to choose and try and look at it in a positive light, is that what's happening now is, is TV is providing what the studios used to provide, which was a range of possibility for shows. If the networks are leaning more tentpole and doing everything, you can get all sorts of shows in between network and cable. You could tell all sorts of different stories, which is what movies at their height in the fifties and sixties were doing, telling all right. sorts of, they right. were fit. We, yeah, we want to get that genre piece in there, the adult movie to this. Now you can do it just in different ways on network and cable, which is the cool thing about TV these days. I, I think that as kids, we, uh, we sort of claim John Hughes as our own, and I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but kids these days or teenagers are finding that ownership in television more than movies. Well, that's interesting. Do, I never thought that? of that. I, I think they still, I was, I was surprised to see how much awareness there is of John Hughes out there still for a younger audience. Right. But I think, you know, the more that there are kind of auteurs or the Josh Schwartz or the J.J. Abrams or people in television right. that... That's Chuck and uh, Lost. Um, and, and the O.C. And, oh, the OC, right. you know, all those shows. I think that people have become more, that Ryan Murphy, you know, as well right. for Glee. And right. I think that there is much more of an awareness of who these TV voices are that younger people can kind of latch onto. And you get that sort of instant feedback. And Rob Thomas. With, um, right. Um, you get that instant feedback with uh, the boards, right? Right. And, and which has become a huge part of, of maintaining your show, or, or not maintaining, but monitoring how, how it's getting received. Absolutely. Beyond there's focus groups. and The boards, and there's also, I mean, there's so much more um, uh, recap and coverage from websites like entertainmentweekly.com and zap to it and Television Without Pity. Television Without Pity, and I think even those, a lot of those will go to the showrunners to ask the questions that I think the fans can kind of, you know, throw their way via message boards, but then have a direct dialogue. Um, the, does a studio... Uh, did they push you to to engage, or did that just happen? Not naturally? really. I think it's Entertainment Weekly became a big fan of the show kind of early on, and right. and I knew that was important. It um, is a, we had the same kind of experience with Veronica Mars. Yeah, so yeah like they a, love a both cheer, shows. cheerleading. Yeah, which force is early yeah. on. It's and they're incredible. You know, you know, magazine and always. So well, yeah, they were excited about the same stuff that I was excited in putting out there. Right, so right. you know, yeah. and did you ever have any of the boards influence your show? I I was a bad one because everybody's advice is like if you do read it you have to read the good and you have to take the bad and I would just read the good I would just be like where am I pretty where am I pretty <laughs> I'm a genius this one yeah. says I'm an idiot asshole I don't like that person but this one says I'm pretty so. it's, it's, it's that selective thing which I think we did on Veronica Mars as well I mean occasionally there would be something that would resonate or something that would like you could see like a, a a meta theme developing in some criticism and it was worth taking into account but but right. there are to a certain extent I think in order to like you know, not to sound like too precious, but to preserve a vision, you kind of have to sort of have the vision, hew to it, and move forward, and and hope that that vision is 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 engaging and connecting. I suppose yeah. if you get into disaster territory, maybe you got to try to take a hard look at why you are there. But if you're just doing that, you're gonna get 
you're going to get awful comments and good comments, and you kind of can't be swayed too much by either. I think right. and you sort of, you hear them and you listen, and that's part of the feedback. But you got to know what you're doing and move forward, which I think you did with Greek and Rob with Mars. Before you run off, I have one very quick thing, Dan. Um, Tim Dayhill, friend of the show, yeah, friend he, Tim. He uh, sent us an ad for the Bradway. The, <laughs> the, the we had Ryan Hansen on the show last week, and he told us he drinks vo- vodka and diet Sprite or vodka and Sprite, which I thought was like the s- stupidest drink I've ever heard. So we named it the Bradway after Kyle Bradway, and, <laughs> and, and, and we I tried a Bradway last night, and it is the dumbest drink. Uh, it says uh, had, one but, part vodka. One part diet sprite, all parts sexy. We'll post it on our Twitter. Yeah, that's great. Thanks <laughs> yeah. so much Thank for having so done that. Yeah, we will that post that. Awesome. Um, I got to dart out. I know you guys will right. be wrapping up the show soon, but Sean, it was so great to see you. Thank Thanks you for, for coming. And sorry I have to dart out early Good on. Yeah, but, you know, no. Network calls. You know what I, I mean? D- I cannot compete with Kevin Riley. <laughs> no one can. No one <laughs> all right. I'll he talk to all you all later. Thanks. And uh, uh, see you next week, audience. Bye-bye. Bye, Dan. Can we call it Nooner now with Sean and Marty? Yes. No, no, you can't, damn it. I should have waited for him to get further away. What was I thinking? Yes, we can. Anyway. (laughs) So uh, one thing I have to to talk about is that you were kind enough to bring me to audition for the show as the parking guy. And um, it was such a nice thing. It's always nice to get called in. And like I was the only one there except for the casting director. There was no one to wait. And I... You had me read it three times, and it was just a couple lines, and I did it the same every single time. <laughs> and it was just so embarrassing, like knowing while you're doing it, you just start sweating. You realize I'm not, I'm not hitting it right, you know. And I, <laughs> and I know that it's just something ridiculous. And then you're just walking out thinking, like, I'm, an, I'm a dick. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a dick wolf. I'm just a dick. And like Sean, like put himself out there and like, you know, said, oh, I'm bringing this guy in. He's great. He's fun and. And it was just, uh, it's the worst feeling in the world when you, when you fuck up an audition. I have the most respect for actors because honestly, I'm just sitting here knowing this is a live podcast. I'm sweating. I can't imagine doing this all the time (laughs) where you're going into a room and having to perform, you know, in front of people. Right. And yeah, that's just something that, you know, it's as a writer, you, you kind of, put stuff out there and you hope people like it but it's not and you can change me. it too and and you can change it but right. i imagine kind of being in a room it's being an actor is tough yes and the auditioning process is just so weird because they're all different little factors that might change something and right and and then you're thinking um you know it's like whatever it is you're running late and you're just hard as racing and then that that whatever it is but anyhow i was uh i was it was a very it's it's always sad when you leave a, a audition knowing you didn't book it. So, um, but thank you for bringing me in. Of course. Um, so, what are you working on now? So now I have. That's what everyone who wants to know. Um, a uh, I'm uh, writing a pilot for Fox with Imagine right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, called, Ron Howard, uh, Ron Brian Howard, Grazier. Brian Grazier, uh, and Francie Calfo and Robin Gurney are the the TV department there. Um, called Wonderlust, and it's about twenty um, something uh, backpackers. Nice. Uh, kind of getting into the treasure hunt world, but it's mostly about, it's kind of a soap, uh, with this kind of international backdrop. And the motive, the thing that motivates them as they continue throughout the world is the hope of treasure. And that's, uh, sounds like a big budget type of thing. Hopefully, unless right. they see the script and they're like, let's make it a multicam half hour. <laughs> and I just remember in Alias, they would always have like some stock footage of like, you know, Algeria. And exactly. Then, and then they would, 
there would be like some stone parts, and then you could clearly see the line where like the the skyscape they've they've you know matted in there. Right, right, right. No, I think it's. I mean, with the technology, and I think also given the economy, it, right. there's so many shows that are shooting internationally now, which is really encouraging to be able to to go someplace that people haven't seen in television before and capture it. Uh-huh. Um, and so where is um, where is the where are you in the process right now? I'm currently breaking the story uh, for the outline. And uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'll turn in the outline to the network, get their notes, and then have a draft by the end of the year. Gotcha. Um, and one thing that I, I was thinking about, just about TV's shows, when, when you wrote Greek, you had a, a sense, you wrote the, the pilot um, on spec, but right. did you have a sense of the entire world and the, you know, where the show would go for five seasons or four seasons or whatever? Um, I mean, it's it, it's funny now that I'm going through this development process because I didn't with Greek. Right. So I think in a lot of ways, I was answering questions after the fact. Um, right, right. Which is kind of, right. and now that you have to do it, it's like, oh, just trust me. I did it on Greek. I'll figure it out later. But yeah, you can't do that because you see a lot of shows that try that and, and fail. And end up with a polar bear on an island seven <laughs> seasons later. <laughs> um, that was my second episode of Greek, actually. There's a polar bear in the fraternity house. How to get there? How, we'll explain it in seven oh, years. Yeah. And it'll be amazing. And it will be, um, it will blow your fucking mind. So when did you, when did you write the Bible then for um, so the, after, the Bible? Can you explain what the Bible is? Sure. Uh, ABC Family bought the pilot. We shot the pilot. And as we were waiting for the pickup, they asked for a Bible and two scripts. So that mm-hmm. did kind of force me to sit down in the time that was not in series to say what's going on with this. So and, the Bible is basically um, a description of the characters acknowledging uh, where they're starting and what their arcs are, what you'll deal with, how they'll cross each other in relationships, and then getting into uh, like the first season arc, what you imagine ending with, giving um, the examples of uh, sample episodes that would happen within it. Um, right, right. So really just kind of giving a little bit of a roadmap. And it was kind of fun to go back to the Bible after the four seasons of Greek because I stuck to what the series finale would be, which was Cappy's graduation. Right. Um, I didn't know about that, tearing down the house and everything, right. but it was kind of, I felt like f- I'd stayed pretty true to that original vision. I mean, the timeline wasn't, it jumped around, right? In between. Right. Yeah. Um, so how did it change? Like, like what sort of things were you th- like, oh, I forgot about that. There were, I mean, I think the. And, and as we were talking about kind of 90210 and Gossip Girl, originally in the pilot of Greek, I had, um, Rebecca Logan, who's kind of the, the entitled, uh, Paris Hilton of the political world, senator's daughter, ask for cocaine, uh, from Casey, mm. uh, in order to join the sorority. And I thought it was so edgy and it was like, ooh, she's asking for coke. And, <laughs> and even for a time, I was like, I, I think I had her asking about drugs and I was like, I don't think the cool kids call them drugs. I think they're more specific to what they're looking for. So, um, I had a Coke reference and the network supported it. We shot it. I think we shot it two different ways. Um, but I really kind of had to say to myself, like, what am I going to do with this Coke? Am I going to eventually get her to overdose? Right. Am I going to have her doing drugs all the time? And the only thing that I could really come up with was like a funny story of how Casey would have to find cocaine right. in a small college town and right. kind of make it a romp as opposed to what I think the edge of it implied. So I took it out. It was, I was like, I don't really, I don't know how to sustain that in a way that feels 
uh, organic and doesn't feel false. I think the kids call it booger sugar. <gasps> booger sugar. Yes. I love See, that. See, had you known that, See, you would have kept it in. It sounds less scary. When you, when you saw American Hot Summer or Wet Hot American Summer, you were like, Oh, that's how you go looking for drugs in a small town. Oh my town. god, that was the best. If anybody montage. hasn't seen it, that run, don't the, walk. Right, just see the movie just for that montage. I mean, everything else yes. is really funny, but that montage is—I I have not laughed harder. That's my favorite part. And then when they're uh, when Jenny Garofalo is running around, um, when I can't remember the context of it, I think that they know that the the things. No, they're going over the falls. Uh, the, and she's running around and she runs into a room and they just start throwing shit on the ground. And she's like, the phone, the phone, where's the fucking phone? And Janine Graffalo was actually on an episode of Greek. Oh, cool. Um, which that was the, the only time I've ever totally been kind of starstruck. starstruck. I was just like, Hey, Janine Graffalo, what's going on? Welcome to the show. And she, I'm started, cool. I was trying so desperately to be cool and she was so nice. And I think she probably sensed that I was being a little desperate and sad. And despite it, she was really, thoughtful and sweet so. oh that's great yeah well um i think we're gonna s- slowly wrap up uh just anything you're watching on the tv this that you want to recommend to our many listeners oh gosh um i still feel like i'm kind of like in the beginning of the fall season like there's some stuff that i feel is promising but nothing that i've really kind of seen that is just except for free agents except for free agents <laughs> which i have to catch up on the comedies actually i've been focusing more on the drama right but um but and the comedy seemed to be getting some steam it's nice yeah you know just a couple of years ago where everybody said comedy's dead that right they're making a comeback yeah they have the, the wednesday hour on nbc and um whitney and uh, all the modern family stuff yeah um anyhow thank you so much for coming on the show thank you for um, having me and you're welcome back anytime listeners we thank you for listening we really appreciate all the feedback and um that ad with uh Ryan Hansen is hilarious. We'll post that on Twitter. So send any email you have to a noonerpodcast at gmail.com and tweet any questions, comments, or anything else to at Nooner Dan Marty. And do you have a Twitter account that you want to pimp? I do, but I don't remember it. Okay. Because so I, <laughs> I need to work on my twa- twittering, twattering. You need to work on your outline, mister. Yes, I do. Thank yes. you. So thank you. That was a wonderful show. Thank you. And we'll be back next week with Jonathan King. This has been Nooner. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.